hello there and thank you for joining us again on the beauty and the brain um for those of you who may have missed us last week and the couple weeks prior to that we are alina and maddie aka the beauty and the brain and we're here to demonstrate how to bring basic bitch interest into the intellectual sphere aka dinner party chat for basic bitches like us I mean, yeah, I'd also like to say that, you know, we empower basic bitches to thrive in a society that values quote unquote, like cultured conversation. I mean, nothing is truly basic in my opinion. There's always like a deeper element to it. Every topic is almost like a a spectrum and you can either go in deep or you can stay on the surface level. I am always the one that stays on the surface and that's why I love you Mads um because you always encourage me and push me to go go in deeper (laughs) um yes like for example who would have thought that a porno could be uh so scientific and philosophical Uh, but that's why I love you um yeah I mean hashtag my ass is here for it always and forever um, so I know we've been chatting about potentially adding some more like funner, quick fire type elements to our podcast. And so I was thinking that maybe we could add a new little segment today. Um, and I was hoping you'd indulge me a little bit. Um, you know, always. Oh my God, thanks, mom. Um, so I'm thinking of calling it basic bitch quickies, um, where we do, I know it's funny, right? Um, BBQs for short. Sounds so dirty. I know it's not, but it does sound it. Uh, I mean, that's the whole point. Sex sells, baby girl. Um, but basically the premise or like what the goal would be is like, do we do like a lightning round of like some top headlines or like viral trends or just headlines in general that like we find to be interesting throughout the week. Um, we basically just like say the title of that headline or what the viral trend is, whatever it is. And we give sort of a quick top of mind thought about it. Um, and I've kind of already pulled a few. Um, and I think it'd be good for us to, you know, give our input on said headlines. What do you think? I love it. Let's do it. Viral. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. First headline, Scarlett Johansson sues Disney over Black Widow streaming release. Dun, dun, dun. A couple of things here. Um, first of all, I I don't know all the like legalities, I guess, of mm-hmm. her content. But from what I do know, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that Disney promised her that yep. Black Widow would be released exclusively in theaters, but then they actually released it on Disney Plus as well. Is that right? Am I like? No. So what ended up happening is Disney ended up, so they did release it on Disney Plus. And they also released it in movie theaters simultaneously. But the issue is, is that I guess, from my understanding, this contract in particular, and actually a lot of movie contracts, there is a percentage of the box office money that is made that goes to the actor or actresses or actors um, in the film. I'm not sure what the percentage is, but basically Disney decided to push up um, when they would be releasing it fully on Disney Plus, um, basically removing any money possibility, box office money that Johansson would have made if it had stayed in movie theaters. Um, and so she's actually not the only one to do it. Um, there are talks of a lot of other actors um, that are in the midst of doing this right now. And I think COVID has brought up some really interesting dynamics as to how these contracts are going to be formed moving forward. I mean, I, I understand why she's like fucking furious. Let's yeah. be real. That sounds like it's a huge revenue stream that she's going to be losing out on. That being said, I th- I'm inclined to think that there was a reason for doing that, right? Like, oh, 100%. it was due to like this whole Delta variant bullshit. And by bullshit, I mean it's just annoying. Not annoying. Yeah. Let's be very clear about yeah. that. Um, but you know, maybe they know that theaters like people are not going to the theater. Mm-hmm. I haven't been to a movie. Th- I mean, I go like once every three years anyway, but I don't know that I'm going to be going to a theater anytime soon. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, clear, clearly they should have discussed this with the yeah, yes, and folks who are going to be impacted from a financial perspective. I'm actually shocked they didn't. Yeah. Um, it's just gotten ugly now. Cause it's like Disney lawyers are shitting on her and people are coming out and being like, 
uh, we're for Scar Joe right now. How could you? Um, it's, it's just getting nasty. For me, my two cents on this is like, this is going to change how the movie industry does things moving forward because it's been this huge debacle when COVID kind of came out and certain studios were like, we're just going to do releases on our streaming services. And movie theaters were like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, because of course it's a lucrative business, it's, it's symbiotic. Um, and I think the reason why they pulled it early was because of the fact that it just wasn't making the money that they expected it to in a box office. And they were like, like, it'll just be on our streaming site instead. Yeah. I, again, from a business perspective, I feel like that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Disney's. You, oh, 100%. That sucks for the artists. And so I wonder if they're just going to start demanding higher salaries. Probably. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. Next topic. Uh, Chriselle Staus confirms she's dating boss Jason Oppenheim. Um, so I have a lot of thoughts about this, not just because I secretly want to be on uh, selling sunset myself however um that being said i don't like the oppenheim oppenheimer oppenheim twins like they're good looking they're super successful they seem like nice guys from what i can tell on the show that being said i don't get it like i don't i'm sorry um I mean i I guess look they're successful they're they're nice i guess all the reasons why i just said they seem like they're nice guys. They probably are. Um, and that must be why they can pull such hot girls. That being said, first of all, how inappropriate is that? And this guy dated Mary and Mary's her best yeah, friend. I know. I don't know how I feel about that. Like I'd be pissed if you like decided you were going to fuck my ex. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think that like Jason just has a past of dating his employees, which that like opens you up to so many potential lawsuits, but okay. Um, As an HR I'm, professional, I have a problem with that. <laughs> I probably have a problem with my podcast as well as an HR professional, but here we are. <laughs> carry on. <laughs> carry on, carry on. Um, yeah, I mean, do I think it's very strange? She went through like a very public divorce. Um, also it was on the show. And then next thing you know, it's like now going to be probably brought up in season four, um, potentially. Could it be a PR thing? Could it not? I mean, I've seen some of the actual paparazzi fo- photos of them making out in Italy and I'm like, oh, but like, it kind of begs the question, like, oh, is this just part of like this like PR thing to get some, uh, some like uh, folks talking ahead of season four? I don't think so. I feel like putting it out there literally for like the world to see. And it's not it, like, that's literally, Hey, I'm coming out here and I'm publicly saying I'm fucking my boss. Yeah. That's a very aggressive thing to do if you're not actually doing it. Yeah. But like, if you're getting money from this Netflix show and you want it to continue and you've seen how ruthless Netflix is with how they will cut content, if it doesn't get the numbers that it needs it to be at, like, of course you're going to try to like get as much like enticing viewers to come and watch your content. I have a feeling that the way that this will play out is it will be like, oh, we want to know how they got together. And then we're going to want to know about the breakup. Cause imagine like how much you could squeeze out of that narrative or out of that storyline. I agree. And I feel like, you know, these shows are so produced. Yeah. 100%. That's a lot. I think that's a lot. And you know why? Because I feel like we already kind of get a little bit of that, like a taste of that with the whole Mary and Jason thing with that narrative. That's true. That's fair. I don't know. I I wish them well. I love Chriselle. I was so upset when Justin did her dirty. Oh, he did her so dirty. So dirty. Instagram, but yeah. Um, but no, I'm happy for her. I personally wish that someone would whisk me off on a, uh, like away on a jet to fucking Italy and make it out <laughs> and just take dancing with you and my friends. So, um, yeah. I, I want to believe that it's legit. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll give benefit the doubt and say that they're like together and really in love and it's not part of season four. Fine. Um, okay, next one. Why Travis Barker might be the one to keep up with Kourtney Kardashian? <laughs> I have no fucking clue. And I I explicitly <laughs> didn't read this article because I just don't get it. And I wanted to hear your thoughts on it. I, 
you know, I have, as you know, many thoughts about the Kardashians. Um, and what I have found really interesting, there's this guy that I follow on um, Instagram, actually, and he made this joke that um, Courtney isn't having like a teenage rebellious phase right now because of some of the things that like she's done. Apparently she got gold grills at some point. She was just like, you know, it's, it's, she seems happy and comfortable, but it's also just kind of strange that she's been like living next to this dude for years and years and years. Um, And I, I don't know, there's a part of me that really loves her and Scott. And I feel like they're truly soulmates, like truly soulmates. And I feel like Scott will never be over her, like ever, ever. Um, And I don't know. I just, I feel like maybe this is her getting something new, like this like new lovey feeling, but I don't think it'll last. Okay. So I have, again, lots of thoughts on this. First Mm -hmm. of all being, I am obsessed with the idea of Courtney and Scott getting back together. I think it's very creepy that he likes to date women who are closer Younger. to his child than him. Yep. I don't agree mm-hmm. with that. I just think that's very weird. That being said, I love them together. And I think that he loves her. I don't think they're going to be together for a long time. So I think he has a lot of growing up to do. But once he does, I feel like they are meant to be. And I am so Courtney and Scott. Regarding this whole Travis thing, I was like very, I was strangely concerned about it when I when it first happened um and I don't know why and I was like oh my god why are you being like such a judgmental bitch right mm-hmm. that being said I then like went back and I was looking at pictures of Travis Barker and if you kind of strip away his mm-hmm. tattoos and like his punker is that the right word punk rock punk rock yeah like exterior I actually think he has a good looking face oh 100 yeah but like, I guess in my head, I was, cause I'm, you know, not really into punk rock guys. I never thought he was attractive. And I was like, Ooh, that's weird. But then I looked at him and I was like, okay, I get it. You're not ugly or sorry. That's aggressive. You're not unattractive. You're actually a really handsome man. Um, that said, I just, their worlds, I can never see colliding given like, yeah. I secretly like love to hate the Kardashians. I used to think that Chloe and I were the same person, but then she lost all that weight and like, good for you. You fucking look great. But I think I'm secretly jealous that I didn't do the same thing anyway. <laughs> but I was always like, she's my five ten sister. You know, we're both really tall, but like, I, I just feel like what they're, what they're about and what he's about. I, I, I like cannot understand how that ever did Gets this together. Yeah. Like, um, I don't get it. I don't get it. I just don't see the areas of similarity. And I think it's the reason why we're having such a level of, I don't want to say judgment, but just like interest about it is because, you know, Courtney's love life has been very upfront for many of us. And I think for us to see this and not have a window into it at the same time. And like, this is like one of the most oddest pairings that we've probably seen within the Kardashian family. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's not a, an athlete first of all. Yeah, <laughs> but like Courtney has never dated an athlete though. That's a good point. That is a good point. Yeah. When she's always kind of done her own thing. Exactly. Um, I do think a lot of it is just that we all secretly love Courtney and Scott together. Yeah. I think, I think that's what it is. That's what we want. And then I also think, um, yeah, I just think this pairing is really unique, but I think the interesting thing is that while we don't have the show as a window into it, they're all about the PDA. Like they want everybody to know, like mm. we are fucking. And yeah. our is weird. so it's just yeah. some of the weird stuff on Instagram. I'm just like, why do you need to let people know that y'all are like we we know we know you don't need to like be posting shit like this. Like we get it. Do you think though that like part of it is her? Like I don't. I, I almost feel like it's like she want not not only is it a rebellious thing because I do kind of feel like part of it is that but I feel like she's trying so hard to prove mm. to like I love this man and I don't care what you have to say or whatever it like is. overcompensating in a sense a little bit yeah like that's yeah that's I think um could be but I, I like if that were me and my mom were posting mm. pictures of her like sucking some guy's finger not yeah. how I would feel about <laughs> it so I'm just that's all I'm gonna say about that yeah, I still think our hearts are with um, Courtney and Scott, but we'll see how that one pans out. 
Okay. So I think we've, we've, we've gone over the, the, the headlines that I've wanted to, to go over for today. Um, I think that was fun. What did you think? Loved it. I think that's actually so fun and we should do this every week. Cause you know, for some of the things that maybe aren't as deep as say sex life on Netflix or yeah. I feel like this still gives us a way to share our opinions with the world. Yeah. Give her <laughs> two cents. Community. <laughs> I am here for it. Um, okay. So now that we're all warmed up, um, do you want to jump into today's topic? <sighs> okay. The royal fucking family. I mean, Maddie, you know that there are a couple of things that like I think about on a regular basis, like, you know, obviously Mark, what's going on in his life, the boys, my dogs, um, work, which is probably one of the things that I think about less or, you know, not, not as often, um, but the royal fucking family. Like I think about these people far too often. I almost threw a party for the Oprah interview because I was just like, holy <laughs> stop everything this is happening and I have absolutely no idea why I'm so obsessed with them I need to know what they're wearing I read every single article that pops up on my Instagram from oh my god Kate look what she's wearing to like oh look I've seen that article I think it's like a look at some of the royal family jewels over the years like I know the name of every crown every tiara I know when the queen wears them it's very weird I don't know why I love them so much That being said, I do have mixed feelings, but all in all, I love the fact that they have no power whatsoever, (laughs) yet everybody treats them like they're like literally, I mean, I guess she is literally the queen, but like she can do something, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that they live in a palace on the public side. Oh, yeah. Right. Like as somebody who feels a lot about this idea of where do my tax dollars go? Yeah. How pay taxes. I just want to know where they're going. Um, I, I really, really think that that's incredible that the British people haven't been like, Hey, we're not going to pay for you to have a $30 million wedding. Yep. Yeah. Want to like mind boggling. Yeah. Um, that's actually really interesting and a fun fact. If like, let's say the Royal family were to be abolished, um, the Royal palace would actually go to the United Kingdom government as a whole. Um, they would no longer own it, but there are properties that they actually would own that like manors and stuff like that, that are around the country that are still part of their, I don't know how they were able to like divvy that up legally, like which estates, are covered or are covered under taxes and are part of like the UK government versus what properties are theirs. But um, long story short, Buckingham Palace, for example, would belong to the public if 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 they were ever abolished. But you know my fucking feelings about the royal family. So I know, I know. So I'm I'm like kind of anticipating, as you see, I've already gone through half a glass of wine. That was probably more than one glass, but um, in anticipation of this, because I know that you and I have very, very, very <laughs> different opinions on the royal family, specifically Megan and Harry. So we're gonna chat oh. But wait, one fun fact. This is the only fun fact that I will probably ever contribute to this podcast is um that. What like a duchess or a duke and a duchess means? Because I happen to know this from my British friends. So do you know what it is? No, no, no. Please do tell. Oh, I'm teaching you something. Wow. <laughs> he becomes a student. No, I'm joking. Um, so <laughs> I was like, why is that? Why is that the rank? Like I'd rather be called a princess than a duchess, right? And I don't really know the difference between those two. But what I do know is that the reason why they're called a duke and a duchess of Cambridge or Windsor or um, Sussex is that they actually collect duchies, which are basically taxes. So all the taxes that the people of Sussex pay. Oh my God. I don't know. I don't know. This is, I guess it is still true because they're still a Duke and Duchess, but they, that's literally what pays for the lifestyle of Meghan and Harry. Um, That's wild. Cambridge. That's literally what pays for Megan and, uh, sorry, for William and Kate's lifestyle. So I guess that like the, the I'm assuming like the bigger, the more prominent, mm. richer du- duchies or counties or I don't know what the fuck you call it, but whatever that, that is literally how they make their money in addition to other things. But like, 
that's wow. why it's so cool. Anyway, I just wanted to share that because no, I, I really appreciate that. Oh, the more you know, um, that's so interesting. Uh, but I mean, I guess it does make sense. Hence why, like, based on the hierarchy, you then get like a larger county, if you will, or, or area. Yeah, um, like I, I'm assuming Wales is well. It's probably the biggest. Yeah. Uh-huh. But that's why, like, when Charles becomes king, Prince William will become the Duke or the Prince of Wales. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's why you don't keep your title necessarily, which I just recently learned through one of my like BuzzFeed articles or something that I click through. <laughs> that's how I learned most of my facts. <laughs> I'm here for it. I love it. Um, yeah, I I think today's episode is going to be interesting because you and I do have varied um, perspectives on Megan and Harry, like like probably opposite ends of the spectrum a little bit. Um, so I'm kind of interested to uh, to get into it today. I mean, I will say, growing up, like be, growing up in an Afro Arab household, like we truly love Diana, um, and it's because she was actually attached to a very famous Egyptian. Um, that died actually with her in that crash in Paris. Um, And, you know, I also really love that she didn't come from a line of royals and that she was supposedly like a- She was not a normal girl. I mean, yeah, she wasn't, but like, she wasn't part of that fucking family either. You know what I mean? Like, it's just different. I get that, but she, but, but she wasn't normal like Meghan Markle was normal. But was Meghan Markle normal though? Because she was still an actress. I mean, I don't think you just meet Prince Harry if you're not. You you gotta have connections, right? I don't think you could just meet yeah. him on the street. Yeah, I mean, okay, fair, fair, fair. But I will say though, like I'm have always been pretty neutral about the royal family until I went to go study abroad in England for a year. Um, and a lot of my flatmates were just like, oh, we can't stand these, these folk. <laughs> and I find out it's just because people are like, what is their true purpose for the UK as a whole? Um, and so I find, I found that quite intriguing and that kind of opened my eyes a little bit to the current systems at play that I feel like don't necessarily make sense nowadays. I think it depends on who you speak to and sorry not to go off on a tangent, but like I have friends who love the idea of the institution, love the idea of the firm, and they feel so strongly about things like Megxit because I, I, I think, you know, having lived in Hong Kong where there's, you know, the, the British ruled for what is it, like a hundred years or whatever it was. And so there's so much British culture that's kind of ingrained into, to the culture of Hong Kong and so many Brits that live there, like, I think a lot of people feel like that whole idea of like fucking against this tradition is not okay. But for me, it's a fucked up tradition that shouldn't actually exist anymore. And like, it's also colonial, like like colonization type bullshit. Like, you know how I feel about all of this stuff. I just think it's like white privilege, white royalty privilege, people thinking that they're better than everyone else because they are they were a chosen people. Like, get the fuck out of here. You like, and they contribute nothing to say. Okay. I'm going to digress because I feel like I'm getting too heated about this. And like, we and don't need to start this off right now. Minutes. This is literally where we're going and that's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So Matt, do so you maybe want to talk a little bit about like why we're choosing to talk about this besides the fact yeah. that we have weird obsessions, albeit on the other, like opposite opposite ends of the spectrum here. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think it's relevant because A, HBO is under fire right now because they just released that fun new show called The Prince, which is basically a parody of the royal family. Um, I've only watched like one episode. I haven't watched it, but I know where it came from. And Mm. do you know who Gary Gennetti is? Yes. I have literally been following his Instagram for years. And I fucking die. I'm so mad he stopped doing it. But mm-hmm. every post, I literally used to like sit and just like cackle <laughs> my phone in my hand. Cause he, and, and so I'm just like so happy that that happened. I think it's like ridiculous. And I'm shocked that they're, they're like using their names. And mm-hmm. so they got the okay to do that. But I, I literally am 
thrilled and I can't wait to watch it. I just haven't had a chance to. Yeah. I think it's just hilarious to me that like society has this weird obsession with this family, but like also the fact that like HBO went as far as they did. Cause some of the content that I saw, even in the first episode, I was like, Oh, how are y'all getting away with this? And then of course you're now seeing sort of the backlash of all of that. Um, and then simultaneously, I think it's also good to talk about just because um, Harry and Megan literally have gotten so much interest over the years that they've been in the media and in the public's eye, but in particular now, because of a lot of the deals that they've been signing with like Spotify, Netflix, et cetera, et cetera. And also I think now Megan's dad is suing her uh, or the couple because he wants to see his grandkids. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Um, so I think, uh, they're very much in the limelight as of recently, more so than, than usual. I mean, yeah, and considering they're, we'll talk about this momentarily, but <laughs> the idea that mm. they left the UK to get out of the public eye, but now they're like basically starting their own media company is lovely. Um, yes, yes, Your yes. favorite. Whatever. Anyway, we'll, we'll chat about that in more detail, but you know how I feel about it. But anyway, okay. So before we kind of jump into today's, I guess, our, our feelings on the royal mm-hmm. family. Um, let's just talk a little bit more about like who they are, what do they do, why do they exist, things like that. So, mm-hmm. dads, um, can you break down like what do they even have a role in the British society? Like, right, they don't have any power, they just spend the public's money and wave at the <laughs> public. Like, I'm- just like, hi, okay, now I get like millions of dollars. Um, no. Uh, I mean, yeah, they, they have no actual power. And if you were to ask me my opinion, I would say that they're completely useless. But once again, that's just my opinion. Um, I will say though that once upon a time, they were quite a powerful and well-connected family. Uh, and the reason I know this is because um, a while ago, like years and years and years ago, I read this book called The Dreadnought. Um, really good literature if anybody's interested in learning about sort of what led up to World War I. Um, but it talks about sort of the power dynamics between the countries and how the queen at the time, Queen Victoria, um, she had married Prince Albert. They'd had nine kids. They, and like 42 grandkids. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, I mind you though, that they like really loved each other. This is a side note, but this is probably one of my favorite parts of the book itself. Some people think it's creepy and I'll agree a little bit it is, but she, when he died because they loved each other so much when he died, um, she couldn't find peace in being able to sleep without him in the bed. And so she actually had a wooden hand made and she would have his pajamas laid out on the bed and she would hold on to the wooden hand so that she'd be able to go to sleep. Um, that is very weird. It is very weird, but it's kind of cute. Like it's kind of romantic at the same time that like, you know, like she couldn't sleep without him. So I thought that you were going to talk about, I'm pretty sure it's called the Prince Albert or the whatever, uh, Victoria, maybe I'm lying. I thought that you were going to say that like they couldn't stand to be apart. And so she had her tub put in his shower. Cause you know, those like tubs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Albert. Oh, I don't know if that's actually true. I just know about the other story because it was brought up in the book. They're weirdos. I mean, like I I, I dig that they actually liked each other, but. Yeah. And I think it's very rare too in the royal families during, in that period of time to actually like one another because it was, you know, arranged marriages, which leads thrones, we know. Of course. Um, But brings me to the point that like, she essentially married her kids and used her grandkids, like leveraged them to get ingrained across all of the royal families in Europe. So like at one point, all of the royal families were connected and like related, which is just wild to me. Um, But she did that so that she can ensure that everyone was tied back to the UK and that their loyalties remained with the UK. She was just like strategic about like, who she married off to who. (laughs) And of course, like the monarch, as we've seen, um, has to approve of all marriages. So like it was her way or the highway. And so at one point it was a very, very powerful, well-connected family. um, And that kind of all went to shit, I believe after World War II. Um, But I will say, bringing it back to now, if you look at the actual website for the Royal Family, this cracks me up, but um, 
it truly cracks me up. Legit on the website, it says that they have no executive or political role, like no legislative power whatsoever. So it, the quote is, the sovereign acts as a focus for national identity, unity, and pride, gives a sense of stability and continuity. What the fuck does that mean? Officially recognizes success and excellence. Also, what the fuck does that mean? And supports the ideal of voluntary service. Like, I literally sat there for a good five minutes reading that, and I was just like, what the fuck does that even mean? Like, it's just like, let's string pretty words together as to what we, we do. Anyways, we can afford to volunteer because you pay for basically volunteer. If somebody could pay my mortgage (laughs) and they give a sense of stability and content, get the fuck out of here. Anyway, as someone who's taken courses on political science, like I majored at UC Berkeley in poli science media studies, the role of, and like, I've learned about the role of nationalism in history. I totally call this a farce. It's like almost putting makeup on a pig, no matter how much makeup you put on it, and, and mind you, I equate the pig to like their efforts of focusing on like national identity. It doesn't take away from the fact that it's still a pig, right? Like a nation that has its own, like has its flaws. And, and mind you, all nations do. Like, I'm not just saying that the UK, like this is across the board. Um, I just, I just, I just find it hilarious. Um, there, a lot of people have said that they view the Royal family and a lot of like the, I think, um, education sector views them as like mascots for hereditary privilege because they represent the idea that a human being would deserve to have a role within a state institution purely because of their bloodline. So already I'm like, red flag. Um, But on the opposite end, I will say that there are people that say that they bring billions a year through like trade influence and tourism, which I will call bullshit on because if, I mean, if Buckingham Palace housed the Royals, if it housed the Royals or not, it would still be a tourist hotspot. You don't see the fact that they're like no longer pharaohs in Egypt. Like that doesn't prevent people from traveling to Egypt to see the temples and pyramids, right? So like, uh, I also think that that's a bullshit argument. I don't think it's billions, but I definitely think that like myself. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I went to London Hated it, by the way. No, sorry. Hated is a strong word. I don't think I did London right, but um, it was very cold and it was July and I wasn't prepared for that. Like I had, I had my clothes for Ibiza and I wasn't ready to be freezing in July. Anyway, that being said, I literally walked past Buckingham Palace and I wasn't that fussed about it. Mm-hmm. Sorry. If the queen was like fucking outside i probably would have paid a lot of money to just stand there and i don't know why but that's true it's like literally she's doing nothing just breathing on a sidewalk like think about that for a moment don't you want to see the queen no why would i care i see her on tv i see her on images like like look i can respect her for like what she's been able to do i know that she's like had a tumultuous story herself of how she's been thrown into this. There's much respect that I have for her, but do I think that the royal family should still exist? Fuck no. What worth do you bring to the table? I don't disagree. I don't disagree with that at all. But since they are around, like, yeah, I'm kind of obsessed with them. <laughs> Fair enough. It's almost like like celebrity culture, right? It's just like that's exactly what I was gonna say, right? Like, yeah, I just watched the Billie Eilish um, documentary the other day. Have lots of thoughts about that maybe we can do an episode or something um that being said like the way that people are literally like crying and like trying to touch her like I don't know weird I don't like that I think that's weird but I think that that's more common than we think it is in regards mm-hmm. to like culture where people think that just like like didn't somebody buy air from Kanye's concert like Kanye didn't even breathe into the bag like but my, my point being yeah my point being, not that we should all pay for air from a show, but that there is this like notion of celebrity con- um, celebrity culture where people are just like fucking weird about it. And why, to, like, why are they exempt from it? Yeah. But celebrities I, aren't. Is what I'm I, I guess I just have like my own qualms about celebrity culture, like this obsession around it. Because if you think about it, 
it's just that their name is well known. Like they're an artist and they're doing their art. And just because their art is viewed by a lot of people, all of a sudden people just become extremely obsessed with them. But if you think about it, like in tech, like you start off, you stay in it long enough that you can like excel and get through like the levels, if you will, to become like a VP or someone like an SVP, right? Like a senior vice president level. And like you get well-known in the tech world. And I guess people drool about you then. It's more of like this notion of like being quote, proximity to fame, proximity to money. Um, but like psychologically, it's just weird to me. I see them as like us. They just, yeah, have a shit ton of money and a platform, if you will. Exactly. It's a platform. That being yeah. said, I just have to say that I recently went to dinner in LA and we were at, I think it was Redbird. Anyway, it's like really great place. And in the corner, I noticed these like two guys that were standing, they were chatting for a while. It was, I am like 99.999% positive. It was Sundar Pichai, the CEO of Google. Wait, wait, no. and Tony Fagan, the guy who created the fucking iPhone. How do oh know what Tony Fagan looks like? I will never know how I knew that. I don't think I've ever been so starstruck in my life. Yeah, but that's like for us, you know what I mean? Like, that's because we know it's like, once again, it's based on what you know within your lane. Like, I guess that's why tech CEOs, like if you talk to somebody normally on the street and you're like, Hey, do you know, can you like pick Sundar Pichai out of a, like a lineup? Not many people would be able to. Right. But because of like, it's the sphere of knowledge that we have. That's why for us, it's like, Oh my God. I mean, that's how I felt when, well, you know, yeah, working for who I worked for, for a period of time. I was just like, Oh my God. Um, because it was like, they were the godfathers of the space that they were in. And yeah. Well, oh. My point being is that I think that we can equate the royal family to celebrities. And the wild thing is more this concept of like, why, why do we still bow to the queen? I don't bow to my fucking boss. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Dear God. Anyway. um, Okay. But let's bring it back to the topic at hand because I know we've got a lot to chat about Mm -hmm. today. Um, in regards to Megan and Harry, because let's be real, that's what you and I want to talk about because we both have very, very, very strong opinions on this. The most contentious area, yes. <laughs> I feel like this is like the closest we've ever gotten to getting an argument, but okay. Let's talk about a timeline because I'm all about whirlwind. I got married after knowing my husband for a year and a half and and a year old about whirlwind too. Mm-hmm. But let's chat about the timeline. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about when they met, what that looked like, all that good stuff. Yeah, so supposedly they met on a blind date in the summer of 2016 from what I've read. Okay, blind date. His name is Prince Harry. Even if she said his name is Harry Mountbatten Windsor or Harry Windsor or whatever oh by the way you're in fucking london like oh fuck off sorry sorry makes me so like that for me is like just be relatable megan and by the way i loved megan at this point in their relationship Mm. don't try i didn't even google him oh because you didn't have to you didn't have to google prince harry my kids aren't gonna have to google prince harry because i'm gonna talk about my god no, so I, I I can't. It just makes me so angry. Like, why are you trying to play that cool? Act like a fucking normal human being. Everybody knows who he is. So and clearly you're calling bullshit on it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm very angry about that. I'll stop. No, I mean, I'm here for the, you know, the outbursts. Um, I... About that, it's like irrational, actually. Like, my blood is burning. <laughs> I'm, I'm furious right now. Which is so interesting. And I think it lends to like why you and I have such like varying viewpoints about Harry and Meghan. Cause there's some like things that like you won't let go of and some things that like I won't let go of. <laughs> what, what is the point of lying and saying that you didn't know who Harry was? Well, I mean, what if her friend did hook her up and she just didn't know who the fuck she was meeting with? And then when she saw him, she was like, oh shit, it's the prince. No, she said, I didn't know anything about Harry before I met him. You're a liar. You're a liar. That's not true. That is not true. And I'm going to send you an article on it later. That is bullshit. She's fucking double my age. Oh, no, whatever. She's not double my age. Whatever. Whatever. She's 10 years older than me. She like grew up in that era of Diana and whatever. Like, I remember That's true. 
funeral. And I was, I'm not kidding. I was like five or six years old. No, maybe I was like six or seven, whatever. I'm not that good at math. Moral of the story is. <laughs> moral crack me the fuck up. Moral of the story is, is that like, I remember to this day, my, I was at my dad's takeout restaurant in Brooklyn and I was like hiding underneath the counter and we had this tiny little TV and I remember watching her funeral. I didn't know who the fuck Princess Diana was yet. I still watch her funeral. And I remember what is it? 25 years later. Mm. So I was six. Okay. I'm better at math than I thought anyway, but I remember her funeral. So my point being, if you were 16 at that point, you knew who she was. You knew who yeah. Princess was. So just don't lie. Anyway, let's move on. Cause I will go as well. So November, 2017, they got engaged May, 2018. They wed. Um, watch i stayed up until three o'clock in the morning hong kong fuck no i don't give a shit like this is what i mean by like i feel like people get so obsessed with these things it's like i don't give a fuck like like let them get married i'll see like some photos tomorrow i also didn't really like her wedding dress either i was like i was like what is going on here her dress was horrible it was wrinkled it didn't her i'm sorry claire right Givenchy. like come on come on yeah I had so that and I waited up all night to watch it. Really? I just could not. I yeah, I don't have the patience for that kind of shit, I guess. So tell me more about this timeline. So I can um then in May of 2019, baby number one. Archie, so cute, love him. Wanna be a son. I've like dreamed about having a daughter and having him marry my daughter, or maybe a son, I don't know. But I've dreamed about it. I just like find it hilarious how much like you are so obsessed with this family. I can't. (laughs) It's not normal. It's wild to me. Um, And then Jan 2020, what what people call Megxit, but you know, I fucking hate calling it that. I'm just going to say that, you know, it's when they decided to remove themselves from the spotlight. Megxit just lends to the negativity and I think vilification of Megan, which I am not fucking here for, as you know. I don't agree that it is fucked up that she gets all of the like flack for the decision behind it. Yeah. That being said, I, and, and, and I like, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but there's no way Harry would have thought to do that himself. I think it was a joint decision. I hope it was a joint decision. That being said, I, I agree. I think that they could have made it like, exit so that it was both of them yeah but they weren't gonna do that the tabloids were so fucking cruel to her and you know it um but anyways and then march 7th with 2021 was when they did the oprah interview oh. which lord that was a blowout um i literally went and got the streaming service just to watch that fucking interview <laughs> I was like i want it i'm gonna watch it live i don't even care like i have to see this um why why are you so obsessed with them well I think I like Megan and like not to take it to like a racial place but there is a part of it that plays for me along those lines like being a woman of color Afro-Arab there's a level of it that I like relate to her on that level um and so I I also just like I had a feeling that the royal family was doing her dirty and I just I just wanted some of that dirt I don't think they didn't do her dirty for the record that being said, I also don't think that she played by their rules. Oh, 100%. And I'm not saying their rules are right or they're wrong. That being mm-hmm. said, girl, you're marrying into the royal fucking family. Mm-hmm. So you have to know that there are rules. Yeah. You have to expect that. And if you didn't, I'm sorry. Google. Google is this girl's friend and she clearly doesn't know that and she needs to learn that. Like, I, just, I mean... I I, I will say that like we're in the 21st century it's about time I think that the royal family kind of updates its shit like personally that's my two cents um but yeah I mean Megan I think didn't do her research I mean look at Grace of Monaco like famous movie star married the prince of Monaco she also went through hell right like it's because you're an outsider coming in and it's very hard to adjust I think to what's expected of you uh, when you come into this royal family 
Kate Middleton, they also vilified her a little bit too. Not as much as Megan, in my opinion, based on what I've seen, but they called her like, what was it? Weighty Katie. Like people shat on her so hard because they would get together, break up. People were saying that, oh, she was like waiting for him and like begging him to take her back. That she, and then she like, went to St. Andrews with him, like saying that she made that decision because he was going there. Like there was just like all of this like nasty shit about how she was like trying to dig her claws into him. Um, but yeah, I just feel like there's so much that goes into like knowing being with the Royal family takes a lot out of you. And there's a system of tradition that you have to follow. But at the same time, I felt like she thought that she was kind of invincible coming in and being like, oh, like, this is just cool. Like, I get to be part of this royal family. And then she got, like, got smacked around a bit, not not physically, but like figuratively of like, no, these are our traditions. It's either you follow them or. Agreed. Agreed. You follow them. Yeah. And, and again, I, I'm not necessarily, look, I'm not, I don't know what actually happened behind the scenes. I think playing dumb. Mm. That is, I just stupid. Like, I'm sorry, you're marrying into this family that you know, you should know, you should ask, what does this come with? And maybe Harry should have told her, and I don't disagree with that, but he doesn't know what he doesn't know. Yeah. Anybody thought about that? Like, again, I, I, I had been very clear, I was obsessed with Megan. I love the royal family. And then she came in and I was like, oh my God, an American's infiltrating. This is amazing, blah, 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 whatever. I thought it was so cool. And then I just feel like she totally plays the victim. She totally like, I don't agree. Not taking accountability. Like, I don't agree. I don't, I, what accountability does she have to? Okay. I my family before we got married and let me tell you something right now, like but every family has sorry, every family has this dynamics, and I'm not disagreeing that like it's fucked up. And if they said anything about her child's skin color and whatever, like that's gross. Just this is gross. Mm-hmm. That being said, like don't just I just don't like that she always plays dumb. If she would have come out on Oprah's interview and been like, look. I knew that joining the royal family was going to come with ramifications. I knew that there were rules. I knew that there was this. I knew that there was that. Whatever yeah. that being said, they treated me like shit. They, I was depressed. I take that very seriously. I think that's awful if they didn't allow yeah. me to help. That being said, what I don't like about the entirety of the situation is the way that she plays the victim and there's never been I don't think that she's playing a victim oh, though. I think she's she may be feigning ignorance where like she shouldn't be. But yeah, I don't I, think that that makes her a victim though. But how is that she's saying, oh what was me? What was me? Because But she didn't say what was her. She was just like here are the facts of what happened. She's like it wasn't great. It wasn't ideal and we tried to make it work. I think what's what like makes me want to move away from that victim mentality or that victim label is the fact that she said during the interviews, we tried to make it work. We tried to offer up solutions of how we could show up, but also like take a step back so that like, I wouldn't be in the midst of all of this tabloid hate, right? Fair to be like, Hey, I'm going to continue to call myself a fucking princess. And I'm going to continue to collect off of the taxpayer dollar but i'm not they would have worked that issue out though like based on the percentage of work that they were putting in that would be the percentage of like money that they would get for whatever and then they would have the freedom to do whatever deals that they wanted to do i'm sure that they would have figured out some sort of legal legalities in the contracts and shit like that to figure out what that division would look like i will say though she did mention that she tried to make it work but because of the rigidity of the traditions the royal family was just like, nah, the institution was like, fuck that. It's either you're in or you get the fuck out. Yeah, because they're not going to break their tradition for some. Why not? The- That's what I'm saying. It's like, fuck tradition. Like, I don't understand. Like, why are we holding on to these things if they're not bringing value to us as a whole? Why? Because have you thought about how fucking delicate the concept of, hey, we do absolutely nothing for this country, but you're going to pay for our lifestyles is? So like, what if they were like, okay, we'll break tradition now, but you're not getting a cent. However, you're welcome to go and do other work, but you can still show up and do shit. And I think that was even one of the things that they mentioned that they were like, hey, we're happy to do some of the service work. We won't take any money, but we'll be doing like other deals on the side. 
But they said, and I'm pretty sure that they would have done, they would have just done that. Still expected. I think that there are a couple of things at play here. I think, first of all, they still expected the public to pay for their security. And and look, I'm not saying that that's right or wrong. I, I don't have an opinion on that, to be honest, because I think it can go either way. Like, I get it. Here's the thing. He's like still a part of the royal family. Like he's still going to get hate. He's still going to have the same level, like threat level, right? Like that's not going to change if he leaves the family or not. I I don't disagree. And that's why I said, I don't care whether they don't. All I'm saying is that they still had a level of expectation. I mean, even when they initially left and like Charles was like, yeah, I'll still bankroll you. And then he was like, nah, fuck y'all. And then he stopped taking Henry's calls fucking destroyed them no he did it before he even took the fucking interview yeah we don't know what happened between then and yeah i don't know i just like have no respect for his father i have like no i think he was just like it's either my way or the highway and when he realized like i don't know you guys aren't coming back he's like fine i'm not going to to do it. You know what I thought was really funny about all of this or rather like what made me wanted to cry mainly from joy and just like, because of my love for Diana, people came out with this meme um, that killed me every single time because during the Oprah interview, Harry came out and said that it was what his mother left him when she died that basically helped him and his wife like transition to the US and like get themselves on their feet, et cetera, et cetera. There was this meme of for, and I'm sure Game of Thrones fans will enjoy this, of the moment where basically Jamie Lannister goes in, there's that old lady um, and she's basically telling him that she poisoned their son, Cersei and Jamie Lannister's son, the prince or whatever. And she's like, tell Cersei um, it was me. And instead they like superimpose Diana's face and they're like, tell Charles it was me. And I just could not stop laughing because, and like out of joy of the fact that like she fucked him over from the grave. And I was like, yes, she knew what the being involved in the royal family entailed. And she made sure from beyond the grave to ensure that her son was able to get out if he needed to. And maybe I'm romanticizing it, but truly I think it worked out beautifully that way. I don't disagree that it worked out beautifully and I'm glad that they had what they needed to have, like to get out. But I feel like the, and, and also this is him being like a fucking privileged little snob when he was like, <laughs> we only had the 50 million or whatever the fuck it was my mom gave me to go buy a 20 million dollar mansion in montecito um we only had that and we were completely cut off financially and all these things and it's just like oh get a fucking grip i i look i think i didn't it's so funny to me that you like love and are obsessed with this like celebrity culture in, in regards to the royal family but you also hate the level of privilege that they have too where it's like well wait like oh, you know that they're at this like pinnacle level of wealth like that's kind of the norm for them what i do not like is when you come across as really fucking ungrateful and stupid about it and i think that that was one of the least, i guess least relatable things that i've ever heard anybody say on television you're like oh we were cut off you were cut off and you still bought, I'm sorry, it was $19 million. Actually, I know that for, yeah, okay. You were still able to buy a $19 million mansion in Montecito. Yeah, but like, I think the purchase in Montecito was after they got the Netflix and Spotify deal. Regardless, moral of the story is- you- I think what Diana left him, I'm gonna actually double check this. I think she left him like maybe about 20 million pounds. Some people were saying it was like 6.5 million originally that the inheritance was, which is around $8.9 million. And when she died, it was like, what, 97? At the end of the day, you're living on a $19 million fucking property in Montecito, California. You could have bought something and whatever. At the end of the day, I don't care what he was left. Moral of the story is that you sound, both of you sound like elitist motherfuckers. The whole thing. And I'm talking about him too. I'm not just talking about Megan. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, I will say though, that like the reason that led up to them leaving the royal family, like you have to admit the negativity was wild. Like the way the press demonized the shit out of Megan was wild to me. Don't don't disagree at all. I think that the way that they like I saw that whole, I think it was actually with BuzzFeed. Um that literally it was. Yeah, that did the side by side of like Megan. 
oh wow, she's killing avocados or she's yep. wait, let me read a couple of these headlines for you. So here's the one for Katie. Not long, not long to go, pregnant Kate tenderly cradles her baby bump while wrapping up her royal duties ahead of maternity leave. And William confirms she's due any minute now. While Megan, why can't Megan Markle keep her hands off of her bump? Experts tackle the question that that it has got the nation talking. Is it pride, vanity acting, or a new age bonding technique? The second one, Kate's morning sickness cure. Prince William gifted with an avocado for pregnant Duchess. Meghan Markle's beloved avocado linked to human rights abuse and drought millennial shame. Uh, let's see here. Kate and Wills, Inc. Duck, Duke and Duchess secretly set up companies to protect their brand, just like the Beckhams. A right royal cash-in, how Prince Harry and Meghan Markle trademarked over 100 items from hoodies to socks six months before split with monarchy with new empire worth up to 400 million. I just, I can't, like people want to go after them when it's like Kate and Will did the same shit. Like what? I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I don't, I don't disagree. I think that that was gross and just stupid. Um, I also think though that this is just like a dangerous, dis- or like a display of how dangerous the media can be. Oh, hundred percent. And I think that like the UK tabloids need to get their shit together because this is really nasty like really nasty and it like it needs to stop I think 100%. It, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Mm. I, I think that's going to cause a whole. Uh-oh. I don't think it's racial. I think it's just that she's a fucking American and honestly British people hate Americans generally. Like I I I think that that's what a lot of it is. Fair. But you know my thought process on this. I think that like it's an entrenched white colonial power that to this I day. Helped. I don't think it helped that she is biracial. I don't think yeah. that it helped that she wasn't from an aristocratic family. Absolutely not. But I don't think that's all it was. It, that's what I'm trying to say. Oh, there were a multitude of layers. So many different pieces of it. They also yeah. didn't like that she was an actress before. Exactly. She was too normal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So 100%. that being said, though, I, I just like, I, I felt like she was very heavily indexing on that. And I'm sure that that was a part of it. But I do think that the primary reason for vilifying her was because she was an outsider. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's also very interesting to me, too, when we talk about, you know, privacy in the royal family and the relationship with the tabloids and the news out there. So there's a role that the royal family and the media play in together, right? It's a symbiotic relationship. They work with the press. They're very ingrained. It's a mutually beneficial relationship up to a point. They have this thing called the Royal Rota, which is essentially like a group of British newspaper journalists that um, they get exclusive access to official engagements of the royal family members. Um, and they get access to these events and they have for like the past 40 plus years since the group was established. Um, and it kind of already sets in motion this like entrenched like relationship that relies on one another. But the other interesting thing to know is that like the institution and the press have informal arrangements, which means that basically the press will lay off of certain things in favor for others. So a good example of this is uh, when the paparazzi was basically asked to leave Prince William and Harry alone when they were pursuing their education in return for staged photo opportunities, like Prince William's 18th birthday at Eton College. A good example of that, right? So the reason why I bring this up, the relationship with the media that the royal family has and sort of these informal arrangements that they can like organize, it's just kind of curious to me how they let things, they allowed things to get so bad and how they didn't really step up to the plate to kind of offer these informal arrangements or to fucking crack a whip and get the media in its place, considering how nasty it got. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I definitely think that they could have stepped in. I, that whole part of the interview, I was like, yeah, I agree. They could have done something for her. They could have supported her. Mm-hmm. But I, and again, I'm not saying this is right or this is wrong, but I think that at the end of the day, when you enter into an organization or an institution like that, like you, you have to understand it's quid pro quo. Yeah. That's not, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's right. Or I'm not saying it's wrong. But do I think 
that she should have taken a little bit more responsibility for what she was getting involved in a hundred percent. And I, and look at the end of the day, you're never going to please everybody. There are people who love Americans in the UK. There are people who hate us. There are people who think that she's the best thing that ever happened to them. And that, you know, she reminds them of a modern day princess Diana and all these things like, but I guess it's just like to expect everything. Yeah. No, I just, I, I, I just, and, and to not say I should have Googled my husband. I should have asked him what this meant. Like, I'm sorry, maybe you were so in love in this bubble of look at me getting my fairy tale. Like, of course, the, look at Brittany, look at Brittany. Brittany has theoretically, like she's been in the spotlight. She's had everything she, she could have everything she wanted. She could do all these things. Yeah. Look at Anthony Bourdain, Anthony Bourdain. One of the most beloved media mm. personalities, I think, of our generation. Yeah. If you would look at him from the outside and be like, oh my God, you have the best life. You travel, you get to eat, you meet cool people, blah, 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 blah. You seem fucking cool, whatever. Like, my point being, I'm not saying I agree with the media's depiction of Megan. I'm not saying that I agree with the fact that the that the royal family didn't get her what she needed. What I am saying is that you can't go into anything that blind. And if you do, you need to acknowledge that. And I think that that's my problem. I, that's my problem. You need to educate yourself. And there are Fair enough available out there. Like you're fucking, fucking. But Alina, but Alina, my big thing is, is like, okay, that's the one thing that like, you really can't stand about this whole thing. I think that that like, all of the other shit she had to deal with far outweighs this one little thing. And that's just my perspective of like, okay, she feigned ignorance, whatever. But like, at the end of the day, if you look at like the mountain of shit that her and Harry had to deal with and the fact that they still tried to make it work, it almost seemed like a form of Stockholm syndrome, like dealing with like your abuser in a sense of like, Hey, I'm trying to make this dynamic work, work with me here. And they're just like, no we've only gotten one side of the story like i don't know i would love her the royal family has had its fucking opportunity to do it they let the press run wild with it and it's because they know they're in the wrong maybe i don't know i think that we're just never gonna know but i think- uh, we will because harry just signed a book deal like a memoir deal so i'm very excited to read that i can't wait well <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to read it, probably because I'm just going to be too lazy to read it. But I'll read it and then I'll give you the synopsis. No, because I don't want it to have your biases attached to it. I'll just get snippets. God damn. <laughs> I will see. But that being said, I, I feel like we'll see. We'll see what he says. Um, yeah. I am. I'm also interested to see what happens when Prince Charles comes into play. When he comes into rain or whatever the fuck you call it. Uh, is that the right word? What do you call it? Yeah, when, when he takes takes the throne yeah i mean we'll see i don't just don't like him as a human um person but i don't think he's a good person i also just like don't think he's like a very charismatic royal and i think that was one of the reasons why him and diana kind of feigned is because he just didn't like the fact that she was getting all this attention and she was the beloved one sure i think i'd be pissed if my husband got more attention than me though so oh my god (laughs) anyway lord like we'll probably have some more follow-up episodes on this too oh 100 percent um and i think the one thing that we should probably leave our viewers with is like you know given this whole debacle with megan and harry was truly for them to like get privacy um is privacy really something that they can even achieve you don't get this platform and exposure without the cons you can't have your eight cake and eat it too right But at the end of the day, I do think that the media has taken it way too far on several different fucking occasions. Um, I think that there can be a balance, but um, I don't think that like complete privacy is something that they'll ever be able to obtain. I mean, of course not. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, 100%. People like me and you that are invested in their story. I know. <laughs> I'm kind of interested to see like what this 20, this rumor 25 million deal um, off of Spotify is like what content is going to come out of there. And I'm also kind of interested to see what this rumored $150 million deal with Netflix is going to create, like what content is going to come out on both ends. So they'll pay for their security detail at the very <laughs> Girl, you petty. 
I have problems <laughs> with it. Whatever. I just, you know how I feel about it. We're not going to get into this any more detail. Don't like, I get it. You do what you had to do, but also be, be smart and don't bite the hand that feeds you. Yeah. But the hand isn't feeding them. Hence why they bit it. Well, any fucking more, right? <laughs> I mean, the hand was like, fuck all y'all. And then they were like, fine, we, you go and see today. Yeah. Oh, I just really, what like got me was when black Twitter was like abolish the monarchy and they got that trending on Twitter for a while. I was like, oh yes. Can I just say something that I think that it's incredible that people think that like social media has that much impact. And I think that like cancel culture is very real. Mm-hmm. And I can do a lot with social media. I mean, you could fucking do whatever, sell pictures of your feet, right? Like you could do a <laughs> lot on social media. But I think that people need to like maybe take a step back and realize that like social media is not the end all be all. Sorry. I know that that might be. Well, there are studies about sort of the effects of social media, both psychologically and sort of its social impact. And so we can do an episode on that. I'd be more than happy to bring up some of these studies that I, well, I read during my college days, but I'm sure it'll be, there'll be more updated content out there. So much. (laughs) Yeah, but we'll, we'll definitely have to follow up on that. So, uh, so yeah, Yeah. great, great conversation. Oh, Um, hundred percent. But with that, um, thank you all so much for joining our, I think this is our third of our episode now. Yeah. Um, oh my God. Wild. And the brain next week, we are going to dissect the second most important legal battle of 2020, 2021, probably 2022 and 2023, the Erica Jane Girardi saga, or is she going with that anymore? Anyway. Um, so be sure to join us next week. And don't forget to like and subscribe our podcast um, so you never miss an episode. Tweet at us at the Beauty and Brain. Is it at Twitter? Um, and follow us at Beauty and Brains Podcast on Instagram. Um, give us feedback. Tell us what you want to talk about, what you want to hear, any questions that you have. We would love to address it. And thank you all. Yeah, thank you all. See you all in the next episode. Bye. Bye.